Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. We've been talking about daring faith. You know, how we begin to say, you know, we got to have daring prayers. Then we say we got to be, you know, our faith grows when we get into the word, when we dare ourselves enough to get in God's word. And we, you know, there is benefits for reading God's word. I want to challenge you to keep reading to it or listening to it. On your drive to work, turn off the bad news and turn on, go to the Bible app and turn on the the word of God. Amen. Amen. And then, uh, and we talked about last week, we asked a question last week that we were going to ask ourselves all week. And what was that question, everybody? You remember that? What good can I do? That's right. We want to always ask that question. Daring faith. I read a story of a guy of, of something that was going on that we can all relate to. In the late 1700s, there was an, uh, an epidemic. Smallpox was breaking out all over the world. Matter of fact, smallpox, I don't know that we realize this, but was so deadly because especially the children Matter of fact, 80% of the children that contracted smallpox would die. And so uh, needless to say, every parent that had a child did everything they could, could do to seclude their child and uh, to keep them away, you know, and they try to, of course, run away from it. And that's what, you know, the nature says to do. But there was a, 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 a guy that was in the medical field. His name was uh, Edward Jenner. This is his picture. In 1783, that he discovered something. He discovered the people that were not getting smallpox were, were the ladies that were milking the cows, the milkmaids. They were, the, the, they, they were not getting this disease. Anyone that was around them did not get smallpox. And what the issue, what he discovered was this, is that the reason they didn't get smallpox is because cows had boils on them and, and they, were con- they would be contagious to people and they would call cowpox. And all these people that had milked the cows had contracted cowpox. It made them a little sick, but it didn't make them deathly sick. And so what he decided to do is he tried to convince as many people as he could to, to instead of running away from a disease, to run to cowpox and expose as many people as he could to cowpox. And those that did that followed him, sure enough, the virus smallpox stayed away. It was a cure. And so what I, the reason I tell you that is this, is because today we have, we have something that's swept across our, our world that is causing more danger and more sickness than we can ever imagine. And it is, sending, it is sending the world into a tailspin right now. And that is called selfishness, self-centeredness. When we make life all about us, it's me and mine, me and mine, me and mine. It begins to deteriorate the fabric of who we were created to be. And the more selfish that we come, the more that we say it's about me, then it begins to do something to our society. We begin to see and it crumble and people are grasping at straws right now. And everyone's saying, what are we going to do? And what I, Jesus has an answer for us. And you see, sometimes like just to those people in the late 1800s, you have to do what's uncomfortable to save yourself. 
Amen. They had to run toward cowpox, you know, and make themselves a little ill. And they didn't have Tylenol and Advil back in those days. But yet they said, we're going to run to something that feels a little uncomfortable in order that we might live and save our lives. And Jesus has that message for us. And that is this, that he has, a, he has an antiviral uh, medication that we can all take that will keep self-centeredness away from us. Because listen, if you make your life only about you, man, you're going to have a horrible life. See, the world says the way that you have a great life is make it about you. But Jesus says the way that you have a great life is this, is found in Luke 6 and 38. And look what he says. And I want you to just shout out the first word. You ready? Here we go. Ready? Give. What is that word? You ready? Give. Give. You see that? The world says get, 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 get. Get all you can and sit on the can, right? He says, give. You ever notice what makes the Dead Sea the Dead Sea? The Dead Sea in the Middle East, Rhonda and I have been there. Nothing, well, nothing, there's no fish in it. There's nothing live in it because it's dead. You know why? Because it only has an inlet. It doesn't have, it doesn't give. It has an inlet. Water flows in, but it can't flow out. And so everything dies. And if you only take in, you will die. You will die. You want a fulfilling life. It doesn't happen by getting. It happens by giving. Jesus said this. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So the message today is this, is to, is to run to generosity, not run from generosity. Did you hear that? Just, just like that, that what we talked about, that cure for smallpox was to run to what, and, and let me tell you something, generosity is a little uncomfortable when you start, amen? Because you're looking at what I got and you say, well, if I give what I got, then I'm not going to have, but that's not what Jesus just said. He said, when you give what you got, you'll get more than you had. Isn't that amazing, everybody? It's amazing. And so today I want to talk to you about how how do you do that? How do you run to generosity? I want to give you three things. And what we're going to do is this is going to be a progressive message. In other words, you're going to say, okay, this is a starting place. And then this is the middle of the way. And this is where you get to where you're really flowing in. All right. So, so the first thing I would say, how to be generous. Uh, number one is, is make giving a priority. Make giving a priority. And when I say giving, I mean, I'm talking about everything, not just your money. Make giving a priority. Again, Luke 6, 38, look what he says. Matter of fact, I just have the first portion on the screen. So let's just read it together. You ready? Come on. Give and it will be given to you. Notice that. See, the giving, in order to get, he says, like, you just give. You don't give, you don't give with the motive to get. You give and it just automatically happens when, you, when that begins to happen. Giving it will be given to you. Notice he didn't say the, you know, don't wait until you get more to give. And that's what the world's philosophy is. Well, well, when I get more than I need, then I will give. That's not what Jesus said. No, 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 no. He didn't say give leftovers. He says give. So Jesus is saying, wherever you have a need, you sow a seed. Right? He said, you give. You want more love in your life? You sow more love. Amen? You want more friendliness in your life? You be more friendly. You, you, need, you need a financial blessing? You sow a financial seed. Whatever need you have, you sow a seed. That's Jesus' message. It doesn't make sense to the world, does it? You say, oh, the world can't understand that. But the kingdom of God, the people in the kingdom of God, we, we live by that and we've proven that over and over again. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. So it's the law of sowing and reaping. Look what the Bible says. Galatians 6 and 7. He says, do not be deceived. See, that's what the world, it deceives us, doesn't it? 
Do not be deceived. He says, for God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he what, everybody? Let us not become weary in what, everybody? Doing good. There we go. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not what? We do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to who? All people, especially those who belong to where? The family of God. Did you see that? He was saying that, you know, that if you will continue to sow these seeds and doing good, giving is doing good, doing good, then it's good's going to come your way. If people say, well, nothing good's happened to me. Well, I would say, have you given any good? You know what? If you don't, what you send around will come around. Amen. We say it this way. The Bible says you reap what you sow, but we say it this way. What goes around comes around. And so if you're sending good around, then eventually good's going to make it back. Amen. And that's the message that we need to understand. Now, I want you to know that this is a spiritual principle, but the world's figured it out. I read a business book uh, a, a couple, about two or three years ago. It's a guy by the, a guy named Eric Barker, and he, he, the title of his book was Barking Up the Wrong Tree. It was a business book. It, had not, it was not a spiritual book. It was business. And listen what he said in his book. He said this. He said, you know, he says, you might be inclined to think that getting help from others would prolong your life. But studies show the reverse. Those who gave more to others lived longer. Another way, if you say, my name's Jimmy, I'll take all you can give me, you're going to die. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I met Jimmy before, and if he says that, run from him because he means it. No, no. If, you're, if your philosophy is that, you know, just give me, give me, give me, it's about me getting, then you die earlier than those who give. They live longer. He goes on and says this. Oh, watch this. It's going to mess you up. Volunteering even just two hours a week predicts increase in life satisfaction. I can't get no. I try and I try. Well, let me tell you how you try. You're trying the wrong things. You see, instead of trying to get, you start giving to get satisfaction, right? It's not getting that gives satisfaction, it's giving satisfaction. So I need to go back and rewrite that song for them, right? I got satisfaction. Okay, there we go. All right. Yeah, don't don't edge me on, okay? Even more surprising, he says, even more surprising, those who donate their time to help others feel they feel less busy and they feel they have more free time simply by giving of themselves to others. And that is why I continually encourage you to volunteer your time. Listen, at SEC, we are a channel for you to be able to get satisfaction. I just... Thank you, Holy Spirit. That was from you. That's right. I don't want, listen, I want nothing from you, but I want everything for you. And so that's why you hear me say, growth track, growth track. Some of you say, well, I'm so tired of hearing growth track. We'll go. (laughs) Growth track, what is it? It's, It's like, you know, saying, hey, we want you to make a connection to our church, like a membership connection to our church. But we're, it ain't about us. It's about us helping you find out how you can serve in a place that you enjoy. Listen, if you don't like children, we don't want you in the nursery. 
Even though you've got three kids of your own, you know, you say, listen, I got three. I got to put up with all week. I don't want to mess with nobody else. Well, we don't want you back there, all right? We want people that love babies, love being with them back there. And thank God we got some of the best volunteers in our nursery and our kids' areas. Amen, everybody. Let's give them a hand. And so, so I just want to encourage you. So understand this. That's why we do good. That's why we give you opportunities to do good. You see, we're asking that question constantly. We just learned it last week. And that question is what everybody, what good can I do? That's right. We're saying that over and over. One of our teachers this week, I saw on her whiteboard, wrote that at the top of her whiteboard to her class. What good can I do with a question? Isn't that great, everybody? Isn't that great? We're spreading this. See, God has called us to be the church that love is building. Remember what we said love was last week? We said, you know, we said love is doing good for somebody no matter how I feel about them. Amen? And so we are the church that love is building. And love flows when you start doing good. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't you, aren't you starting to feel that right now? Doesn't it start to feel good to you that, man, there's opportunity for you to do good? And that's how it feels good to do good. I got a lot of one-liners today, don't I? <laughs> and so next Saturday is Serve Saturday. I want you to take this card and sign up. As a matter of fact, on the back of your program, you can sign up for what you want to do. But listen, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm, I'm telling you, we are going crazy. I am. I'm asking some crazy people to follow me. Amen. One of the things that we're going to do next serve Saturday is we're going to go down to the square. We're going to call it prayer on the square. We're not going there to pray over our city. We're going there to pray for people. We're going to have signs that says, you know, instead of honk if you love Jesus, you know, we ain't having those signs. We're like, hey, Pull in a sparking space if you need prayer because we believe that God has a need for all and that the least that we can do is pray for people, amen? And so we're believing that God's going to send people by and these warriors called Stockbridge Community Church are going to be there. We don't want nothing from you, but like the Bible says, silver and gold, I, had none of, I don't have that, but what I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, be free, amen? Amen. And so I, I double dog dare you to come and like, we have other places that you can serve, but come and let's do our serve Saturday. Why? Because it feels good to do good and you need to give. And then when you give, you live, everybody. You come alive. God, have mercy. Look at Proverbs 3 and 9 and 10. She says, honor the Lord with your wealth and notice with the first fruits. In other words, make giving a priority with the first fruit of your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats brimming over with new wine. What he's saying is that when you, when you pour out to other gods, pours back into you, everybody. You, the world don't understand this. They'll say, man, that guy's crazy. I know I am. I'm all crazy for Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I have a next step for you on your connection card. It says this, where I have a need, I will sow a seed. Why don't you check that box? Because that is God's philosophy. Where I have a need, I will sow a seed, whatever it is. Okay, number two is this, is how to run to generosity is decide to give a tithe. Decide to give a tithe. Okay, I get excited talking about this. this is, man, I couldn't wait. I almost called you at 3 a.m. this morning to talk to you about this. It's so exciting. Look what it says. Again, going through our verse, Luke 6, 38. Given it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. Remember the message? We're running to generosity, not from generosity. We're running to generosity, just like those people that had cowpox. And that's all our baptism people, everybody that's getting up and uh, leaving right now. We're going to have a great baptism service right after the end of the message. Let's give them a hand. 
so it's running too. Like they had to run to the cowpox to get healed. We have to run to generosity to get healing. See, it's running to generosity and the world says run from it. No, it's running to it that matters. You know, Jesus was trying, they were trying to trap Jesus and, you know, try to get him caught up in all kind of political stuff. And so they're trying to catch him about taxes and say, should you pay your tax or not? And look what Jesus says in Mark 12 and 16. He says, they brought the coin to Jesus. They brought the coin, but talking about they brought it to Jesus. And then Jesus asked, look, and he asked them, whose portrait is on this? Whose uh, inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said, give to Caesar's what is Caesar's. And then he stopped there and give to God what is God's. And so I don't know about you, but my question is, okay, you know, taxes, it's always a guess what that's going to be, right? I mean, we don't know what it's going to be. Just like, you know, it can, it can be, you know, uh, 20% or it can be 40%. It doesn't matter. I don't know. It's just all over the place. They're moving all the time. So the question is, what is God's? And I'm glad that you have that question because I had that question. So we find it all through scriptures. In the, primary, uh, in the Old Testament, it was said at the very beginning. And then Jesus confirms it here again. He says, you know, give to God what is God. So what is God? Well, Malachi 3.10 tells it the best of any verse that I've ever read. And it says this. I'll read the whole verse to you and I'm going to break it down, okay? He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw up a floodgate, floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Look at this. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruits, says the Lord Almighty. So I want to share just a couple of things with you now that uh, they're going to take the scripture down. But I want, to, I want to share this with you. Watch this. He said, this is what they did. He said, you to bring, he said, bring a tithe. What is a tithe? A tithe is another word for 10%. God's, God's has never changed. You know, the government changed, they, you know, it used to be 10% with the government. Now it's up to like 35, 40% taxes. God, a tithe has never changed, it's 10%. So I don't know why God didn't say 50%. I don't know why he didn't say 30%. I don't know why he didn't say uh, 5% or 1%. He said 10%. He said, you bring your, you bring uh, from your income 10% to the storehouse. Now, where's a storehouse? It's wherever you get spiritual food. In other words, wherever you call your church home, and those of you that are watching online right now, wherever you call your church home is that that's your spiritual food. And you give, you're to give 10% of your income to that place. And, and the Bible says when that happens, because Jesus knew that you, you know, God knew that you would need a little proof that, that he would do his part. So look what he says. He says that, that he says, test me in this. When you test me in this, he said, see if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and bless you. In other words, this is the only place in the Bible that God says, test me, is in the tithe. Why? Because he knows that the world tries to say, no, my name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. I'm not giving any mine. And he knew that it would take, you needed something to help you see that he would working. And I want to tell you, if, you don't, if you're questioning, is there a God? The only thing I can tell you to ever prove tangibly that there's a God is start tithing. You start giving 10% of your income and you will begin to see something happen in your life. Matter of fact, we so much believe that at SEC that we will say, and I'll tell you right now, 
Listen, if you say, Pastor Jeff, I don't believe this. Well, I'll tell you what, you try it for 90 days. If you want to do it to SEC, okay, we can't back up everybody else. But if you want to give your tithe to SEC because this is your spiritual story. Now, listen, if you're a guest today and your home church is in another state, don't you give your tithe here. Your tithe goes to where you're getting your spiritual food at, all right? So at SEC, we have what we call the tithe challenge, is that you try it for 90 days. You give, you know, uh, give uh, online or give wherever. We have record of it. And at the end of 90 days, if you say, well, you know, I didn't get blessed, then we, you know what? Uh, God didn't show up and, and uh, things are worse for me. You just let our uh, accountant know. Uh, Tawny Keller can help you with that. She's our executive pastor. She can help you with that. And she'll give every dime you gave back. That's right. Give it back to you. If you say God didn't bless me, we'll say, well, okay, well, listen, we don't want to cause you a hardship, so we'll write you a check right back. She will write you a check. I won't even know it. She'll write you a check right back because we just want you to, I will do anything to get you to trust God. And, and listen, it takes daring faith to give of your resources, especially when you feel like you don't have enough. You got to step out there and say, God, I'm going to trust you. And when you trust God, he comes through. It's faith that moves God. Amen. Faith that moves God. And so today, I just want to say this before I move on. It's a, you can go to heaven if you don't tithe. So I want to take the pressure off of you. And I just want to tell you that, that listen, you know what? I'm not one of those pastors that say, well, you know, you don't, you don't tithe. You ain't going to heaven. That is not true. But I, one thing about it, you can't have God's blessings over your finances if you don't tithe. That's the only thing I would say. So, so take the pressure off. And again, I get excited because every time I teach this, somebody trusts God and they, they prove God all over again. Amen, everybody. So I have a next step for you again on your connections. It says, I will do my best to give God his tithe. Check that box. Says, we want to pray for you because we know that every demon in hell will fight you when you start to do that. Amen. Okay. How, here we go, how to run to generosity. Remember what we do? We're running to generosity. We're not running from generosity. Just like, just like that, with that disease, you know, we're running to cowpox in order that we, it may be a little uncomfortable in the beginning, but our life will be saved. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're running to generosity, not from generosity. So how to choose, how to run to generosity, here we go, is choose to progressively give above the tithe. Now, this is to people in this room and that are watching right now that you've been giving the tithe a long time, 10%. But maybe that's all that you're giving. And I just want to tell you that don't limit your giving just to that. Because you want, again, we're going to read the scripture and look what it says right here. He says, remember this, 2 Corinthians. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap how, everybody? generously. That's right. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give. Here we go. Not reluctantly or under compulsion or under pressure. What I'm saying is like, you know, that's why I tell you there's no pressure because I never want to put pressure on you. I want you to give out of your heart and not out of you're scared that you're going to go to hell if you don't. Amen, everybody. Amen. You ever been, you ever been in those services where, man, they're like, it's like, hey, if you don't give, you'll spend eternity in hell. I never want you to ever feel that way because that is not true, everybody. It's just not true. And he goes on and says this. He says, um, for God loves a, what everybody? Cheerful giver. 
And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And so God says, I want to bless you in order that you can continue to give and that you know that you, you understand the joy of giving. And again, it feels good to do good, everybody. And it feels good to give. And sometimes, you know, it's a little uncomfortable like that, like getting cowpox is a little uncomfortable, but it, it gives you life and you just see God in a whole new way. I was at the gym. Uh, I, all my stories are gym stories. That's why I go, you know, I go there just so I could be around some center people and, and share my faith. That's why I go. I mean, look at me. You can tell that must be the only reason that I go. All right. Okay. Yes. Little man, big mouth. Okay. I was standing there and a guy, a guy I've gotten acquainted with and, and he's a Christian man. We, we went into the dressing room. We had finished working out and, and uh, I was in this little room like that, you know, where you can get dressed. And, and so I was finishing getting dressed and he was trying to talk to me. So I was just tugging my shirt in. So I opened up the door and we were talking and, uh, and he began to tell me, he said, Jeff said, what you preaching on this week? I said, I'm preaching on generosity. And he just went, Wow. I was like, oh, you excited too, huh? He said, yes, I am. He said, you know, Jeff, I'm a Christian. He said, first of all, I am a tither. He said, I want you to know that. He said, you know, I'm just afraid not to tithe because God's blessings have been so good to me. And so he said, I'm afraid not to tithe. But he said, secondly, I want you to know, he said, our church was, uh, you know, wanting to pay their facilities off, sort of like we're trying to do now to get out of debt. And he said, so I decided I would just up my giving 1%. Instead of giving 10%, I'd give 11%. So he said, I, I gave a, started giving 11%. He said, you know what, Jeff? I was scared. He said, I was sort of, could I afford this? I said, I didn't think I could. He said, all of a sudden, God started blessing me in a whole new level. He said, so this year, you know, with missions, uh, you know, he said, this year I decided not only am I going to give my 10% of my tithe, I'm going to give the 1% to the building program, but then I'm going to give another percent to missions. And he said, so I bumped it up to 12%. He said, only January, Jeff. And he said, all of a sudden, God has begun to bless me in ways I never thought possible. We're only in January. He says, I know that I can trust my God. And when I step up, God steps up. Amen, everybody. Listen. Don't you get stuck at the minimal. And let me tell you something, SEC, you're not minimal givers. That's how we gave $167,000 to missions this year because many of you said we're going to give above the tithe. And listen, every year we set that goal at 100,000, you, you know, and you gave 117,000. We set the missions goal at 150,000, you gave 167,000. So this year we're setting the goal at 175,000 and we're just going to let God do what God does. Amen. We are, we are going to see people delivered and set free. Listen, you right now, because you're given, you understand that there's women that are off the streets now that were caught up in sex trafficking. There's teenagers that have been rescued that's got a home to go to, got the psychological help they need. If they have babies, they're taken care of because you have given. And because you give, there's people that have food in their stomachs today because you give. And because you give, there's people that are not in the cold right now because you give. It's what your dollars are doing that's bringing a difference in the world. Where you are doing, you're changing the world. And we're changing our community. Right now, there's people in Henry County that would frozen to death last night had not you given. It's when we give, people live. I want to share one last thing with you. And then we're going to have baptism. You can, can't you see why I've been so excited? Because I know, 
I know if you, if you get every demon of hell going to fight right now, right? I'm telling you why. But you know, we decided as a church, we decided that we're going to empty hell and fill heaven. Amen. Oh my goodness. Look what he said. Here we go. Jesus tells us in Luke 12, look what he says. Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And then he goes in to tell a story about a greedy man. Look what he says. This greedy man said to himself, what shall I do? I have, I don't have enough room for all my crops. In other words, I'm, I'm all about me. Then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, he said, look what you've done. You have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat and drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you work for? Who's going to get it? That's the question. Underneath this right here, I have something that we all are familiar with. Try not to knock it off. We have a Monopoly board. How many of you have ever played Monopoly before? Let me see your hands. Oh yeah, that's most of us. We get all our little houses, you know, on Park Place, and we get all our houses on Boardwalk. We get all our, we try to acquire, 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 and we want our stuff, and we get a little, we try to say, okay, well, I got my little fancy car, now I made it. Oh yeah, I got my nice car, I made it. I'm somebody now, when I pull up in this Mercedes, everybody think, oh, he's good. Okay, nothing wrong with a Mercedes, by the way. I don't care if you got a Pinto or Mercedes, amen? But what I'm saying is, so all of a sudden we say, I got to get all this stuff. I got to get all this stuff. I got to get all this stuff. And we're just working our way around it. And we're working our way around. And we say, okay, a Pasco again, I get $200. A Pasco again, I get $200. But what I want you to know is this. What I want you to know is what's going to happen to all your stuff when you make life all about you. There's nothing wrong with having stuff, but as long as your stuff doesn't have you. And when we play, when we play Monopoly, it's about getting all the stuff that we can. And many of us are playing life that way to get all that you can and we're forgetting about everybody else. And what I want you to know about your stuff is that when your life is over, this is what happened to all your stuff. It all goes back in the box. Everything you had and guess what? Somebody else gets your stuff. That son-in-law that you don't like when you're gone is going to get your stuff. That daughter-in-law you know, is going to get your stuff. You know, They're going to get your stuff. So you better do your giving while you're living so you'll be knowing where it's going. Yes. Don't live for the box. When you do your giving, the Bible says, 
Great is your reward because your treasures are in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy, thieves cannot break in and steal. And everything that you give lives on with you in eternity. And therefore, my friend, I know for the people of Stockbridge Community Church that when we get to heaven, it's going to take a long time for God to say, you did this, you did this good, you did this good, you did this good. Y'all going to be there for a long time for God rewarding you for all the good that you did. Amen, everybody. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.